the true heart of Christmas. For many of us sitting in the room tonight, we have grown up in the church. We have heard this story 15 times, 20 times, 30 times, 40, 50, and perhaps 60. <clears throat> and the potential danger with that is that it leaks out of us. And we're here tonight to f- close out our Advent series with this reminder that Christ the Savior was born. I want to begin with this quote that we just looked at last week, and we will finish the message with this same thing. And it's this notion tonight as we are here. Not quite that quote yet, Caleb. If the Christmas story doesn't take your breath away, something or someone else will. And you lose that true meaning that true heart of the Christmas story. This is an event that took place some 2,000 years ago. C.S. Lewis, an author who's no longer with us, one that you are familiar with his works, tells us this, the birth of Christ is the central event in the history of the earth. It's the hinge point. Everything was pointing towards that, and everything new has started with his birth. The very thing the whole story has been about. We celebrate Easter, the resurrection of Christ, but that event would have never happened if not for this event, where God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit decided to send to a fallen people, one who was perfect, one who would be born of the Virgin Mary. We're going to look at two short passages tonight. And the first one is from Matthew chapter 1, just three verses. Hear these words as I read them. Follow along on the screen. And we're told in this story, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. And all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which means God with us. There are three pictures that we're going to look at very, very quickly. And this first picture is just simply, in this Christmas story, a gift given. We have been given a gift in this birth that is a reminder for us on an annual basis. And if not that, more than that, every day, that Jesus was born in the flesh and he set something aside in order to come. The interesting thing is in this passage in Matthew 1, if you look back just a few verses in 18, it uses the word, Matthew tells us, the birth of Jesus. But if you look into the Greek word that the the whole New Testament was written in, if you look at that word birth, what it really says there is the genealogy or the origin of Jesus. It wasn't just this simple birth like we, like we experience around the world thousands and hundreds of thousands of times a day. There was something unique about this particular birth. 
I came across this quote that I'm sure you've heard before, but it's just this interesting quote, and it says, A thousand times in history, a baby has become a king, but only once in the history of mankind has a king become a baby. And that's what we're celebrating. This gift given that was for us was a gift that was costly. I want you to understand this. I want you to picture what this was like when you and I celebrate the life of somebody as we, as we come to an end and they're going to leave us. There's something sweet about that fellowship. And an eternity passed before Jesus came to be born as a man to give us this gift. He experienced a fellowship unlike anything that has ever been experienced between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Hear these words. There was an intra-Trinitarian love between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, giving perfect fellowship and the need for nothing. What those three experienced was unparalleled and still is. Yet in perfect unity and perfect agreement, they decided... Jesus, the Son of God, would give that up, set that glory, that perfect unity, that perfect fellowship to come and to save his people. His birth was a fulfillment of the scripture that Lewis read earlier from chapter or, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 7. It was the sense of, in the Old Testament, they longed for a new king to come who would rule their people with grace and justice and fairness. And they had experienced the evilness of many kings. And so they longed for this Messiah, suffering servant king to come. And in the birth of Jesus, it is the fulfillment of hundreds, hundreds of prophecies throughout the Old Testament that pointed towards this one central event. He was the king they needed, and he is the king today that you and I need, whether we realize it or not. This was a gift given that was practical. We usually only say these words at Christmas time, but if you think about them, the text we read, this king who would come would transcend time and space. And we're told in the text that he would come and he would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. In Christ, for the first time in human history, they experienced the flesh and embodiment of the Son of God, but God himself. And what they experienced is true for us today. This is part of the gift that you and I get to celebrate tomorrow. In the celebration of this birth of our Savior, we have the King of all creation, who not only holds the world in his hands, but one who is still among us because of that subsequent gift of the Holy Spirit, we still claim Emmanuel, God with us. He and he alone is the cure for our loneliness, our anxieties, our fears, 
our neediness. And ultimately, he and he alone is the only cure for our sin problem. All you have to do is look out into the world and see this is a fallen world. This is not how it was supposed to be. Which leads to the second picture in this text. There was a gift given, but there's also a gift that must be received. It is a gift that is available for all, but a gift that is only appropriate in those who come to him, the Savior, with repentance and with faith. You know, the most famous passage of Scripture probably in all of history that you see on the eyeliner of athletes, you see on these signs of people standing behind the, pol- the goalposts in a football game, and it's this passage, John three sixteen. And in this time of the season, we celebrate this verse more than anything. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's a gift given, but it is a gift that must be received. It's important for us to understand this, that this gift that was given, that must be received, it is both a conditional gift and it is an unconditional gift. It is an unconditional gift for you in that you cannot save yourself. There is no ledger that will ever keep enough of your good works to outweigh the standard of the perfection that God demands. And so it's unconditional for us. It's not on you. But don't make any mistakes about this. This gift was incredibly conditional. It was a a gift conditional that must meet the perfect standard, the perfect law of God, that someone must come and obey everything perfectly without sin, and it would be upon that one to offer salvation to us all. And in this 2,000 plus years of human history, since the birth of Christ, so thousands more, There's been one human in all of history who walked the face of this earth who was perfect. Who came and lived the life that you and I couldn't. Who died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, accepting the full wrath of God the Father. Why? Because his name was Jesus, the Savior of the world. That leads us to this third point, this third picture. And it's this picture of not only a gift given, a gift received, but a gift celebrated. This is not one of my favorite Christmas movies, but there's a scene in a Christmas movie that I love. It's one of my favorite scenes, and it's in the movie Elf. And it's where Will Ferrell is playing this this large human elf And he's inside the mall, and he's standing there, and the mall manager says, Okay, everybody, it's time for an announcement. And he yells out, Santa is here! And Will Ferrell starts like he's going to wet his pants. He's so excited. And he screams out, Santa! Santa! 
And then he grabs the arm of the manager and he says, I know him. I know him. That's a great scene, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> well, in that case, let's do this. <laughs> Time for the announcement. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. This gift must be received. It must be celebrated. I love the end of the story of this birth narrative we see in chapter 2, verses 10 through 11, when they, the wise men, the magi, they saw this star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Do you know him? Not just know him, I know about him. I've heard of him. Yeah, 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 I I believe in Jesus. Do you know him in the same sense of Elf in that movie? It's, It's changed me. It's transformed who I am simply by knowing him. This gift celebrated can only happen when we come with this sense of seeing the truthfulness of this Savior and we come with a heart of repentance and faith and falling down and worshiping him. And here's part of the beautiful reminder of this season. Nobody in this room does that well. We focus on the, on the things of this world more than the one who gave us everything. And Jesus, our Savior, whispers into our ear, I know you would do that. That's why I came. Let me pray. Father, we are so grateful for your kindness and your mercy to us. We're thankful that you gave us this gift that we have the ability to celebrate daily, but we're thankful for this physical, tangible reminder to set aside all of this busyness of this earth and focus our thoughts on you, our King. We acknowledge and we cry out as our King, you own everything and you own us. You are our, our Master, our Lord, because you are the Christ, the Anointed One. God, would you, as we celebrate with family tonight and tomorrow in the coming days, would you hone our thoughts in on this true meaning, this true heart of the Christmas story? And as a result of that, would your spirit help us to fall down in submission, either literally or metaphorically, and worship you? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.